But we're in the series talking about our, our values. Now, I want you to catch this. We're talking about our values because what you value will dictate what you do. What you value in your life, what you value in your world, what you value um, in, in everything that you do, you, what you value will dictate what you do, how you live, how you act, everything that you do, the things that you value will be the important things in your life. So, quick survey. How many of you guys love fast food? Yeah, who loves, who's like Burger King's your favorite? No? Who, who, um, uh, how many of you guys would say Wendy's is your favorite? How many of you guys would say you're with Jaron Myers and you love Arby's? Yeah? How many of you guys, uh, I know. How many of you guys like Sonic is your favorite fast food? Who in this room would say Taco Bell is your favorite fast food? Who in this room would say that McDonald's is your favorite fast food? By the way, you're invited. Right after church, we go right down the street to McDonald's. I'll share a Big Mac with you. Or Josh will. But how many of you guys would say Chick-fil-A is your favorite? Yeah, praise the Lord for Chick-fil-A, right? Yeah, preach Hallelujah. Preach it. But like, the thing about Chick-fil-A, and, oh, you want me to talk about the sauce? You want me to talk about the Chick-fil-A sauce? Oh, I'm about to start preaching in this room right now. But the, the thing that Chick-fil-A is known for, shh, yeah, yeah, they got great sauce. They got great chicken. They got great food. But the thing, shh, the thing that makes Chick-fil-A special is what? Their service, right? Is their service. Everyone knows, like what, 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 when you ask for something and when you say thank you for something, what's their response? It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. It is my pleasure to serve you. Anyways, um, so, but Chick-fil-A is known for the way that they serve people. That's what they're known for. And, and I, I, just kind of my question or, or what I've been thinking or, or what's on my mind is, why isn't the church known for that? Why aren't we known for it? Why is it that when it comes to serving people, to helping people, why do we look at a fast food place instead of the house of God? So tonight we're going to talk about our, our this is actually our third core value, but I'm going to talk about it tonight. We're talking about something different next week. But I'm going to talk about this tonight is that saved people serve people. And that's what we're talking about. And that's, a, that's our next core value. That's what, if you don't know what that means, as a part of Emerge Youth Church, these are the things that we value, that we say that are important to us as followers of Jesus. So the first thing is that we are a family made of friends. And then the second thing is that saved people serve people. Um, and so basically, um, if you're a follower of Christ... Uh, and not just like if you're just a church attender. There's a difference in a church attender and someone who is a saved follower of Jesus. Because a saved person will naturally serve people. And that's what I believe. A saved person, it will be naturally on your heart. God will plant it in your heart to serve people. Like you can't help it. It naturally just comes out of you. Because saved people serve people. And this is found in the story of the Good Samaritan. And, and uh, this is what we're talking about tonight. We're going to take this story and we're going to break it down a little bit tonight. So, But you guys, every single one of you guys are in this room, you are gifted 
and you are called to serve. So Luke 10, 25, it says this, on, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And let me pause right there, because here's the frustrating thing about Jesus. He hardly answers questions that people ask. Because he would, because here's how he would respond to a question. He would either respond to your question with another question, or he would respond with a story. And here's the thing about this story is, Jesus does both. And so he goes, verse 26, he says, he says this, What is written in the law? He replied, How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. Ding, ding, we have a winner. Yay. But the guy pushes back a little bit. And he, and he, and, and because that isn't that what we all kind of try to do to justify ourselves to before God. And verse 29, he says this. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? And let me tell you tonight, real quick, before we move on, who your neighbor is. It's not necessarily the person that lives right next door. Yes, that is your neighbor. But this is your neighbor. Your neighbor is anyone that you can help meet a need. Your neighbor is anyone that you can help meet a need. That's who your neighbor is. And you may be thinking, you may have read that in the past, or you may have seen that before, and be like, oh, my neighbor's very well taken care of. They have someone who mows their yard or all this. I don't, need, I don't even know my neighbor's names. Like, how can I... Take care of my neighbor. That's, yes, that is your neighbor. But really, your neighbor, biblically, is anyone that you can help me to need. See, this is where our story gets good. Um, See, in order for us to totally grasp, for us to totally get that saved people serve people, we got to know two things. And these are two things that I want you to know tonight. We have to see as Jesus sees. We have to see as Jesus sees. One thing I'm learning as I continue to grow up, and I'm still growing up, I'm getting taller every day. And um, I started out like you guys don't even know. And um, but but my jokes aren't funny. But um, one thing that I've learned as I continue to grow older um, is that you begin to see life a whole lot differently. You begin to view things. You begin to look at things a whole lot differently. For example. and when, when Jackson was first starting to ride a bike, um, Kristen required Jackson to wear a helmet. And um, like, see, now when I grew up, we grew up in an era where, what's a helmet, right? Like, we did not wear helmets. I lived in this town in Oklahoma. We had this area called Clay Hills. And, and Clay Hills was this big wooded area. We had these big hills that dropped off and you would shoot back up the other side and it was lined with trees and they had trails all through there. And you could ride your bike through there as fast as you possibly could. It had steep hills. It had ramps and trees and it never failed that someone would run into a tree. You guys have been riding bikes. Have anyone ever run into a tree riding a bike? That does not feel good. And then having to drag someone out of clay hills from the bottom of the hill is, anyways, it happened almost every time. So you'd go home and you're like, your mom will cover you in antibacterial spray. You know what I'm talking about? She's like, you're like, oh, it burns. Right. And like, your mom's always like, hold still. It'll only sting a little bit. And you're like, whoa. So that was a part of life. 
But we didn't have bike helmets when I grew up. Like, and I remember the first time I saw a kid wearing a bike helmet, and I thought that kid probably needs to get beat up. So, um, but if you grew up like me in a completely unsafe era, like today we have seatbelts. I mean, we had seatbelts back then too, but you were like, what's this? Like you tied up your siblings with them and all kinds of stuff. And so my dad would even cut them out of the car, different cars we had. Um, my dad had this massive golden 1972 Monte Carlo. I got a picture. This isn't the actual car, but that's, isn't that huge? Like the front end of that car is massive. It was one of the biggest cars I've ever seen, but uh, I actually, I actually talked to my dad this afternoon asking him about that car. And he said, uh, this is what he said. He said, that car was faster than a striped ape. And I'm like, what does that even mean, dad? And he's like, I figured it out. So I was like, okay. Um, but we, well, here's what we would happen. See that back? See that white part in the back? That had like a back. You could like lay down and take a nap in that back window area. And, and so we would get in, me and my brother both, the little kids, we would lay down. And as my dad was flying down the road, this had, this had a huge big 350 engine inside of it. My dad, we would lay down in, in that back area. And um, my dad would get to going really fast and then slam on the brakes. And we would go flying out of that back window and nail the back seats. And we were like, ah, oh, that was great. Let's do it again. So, like, we would get up and do it again. And, and uh, but here's the thing. Like, we, didn't, we, didn't, we, we shouldn't do stuff like that anymore. Like, um, you, we used to ride, too. I don't know if you guys have done this. But we used to ride, too, in the back of a, of a pickup truck. Like, in the back, like, sitting on the side. Going 70, like, down the highway. That's how we used to ride, like, growing up as kids. Like, and, and, but we don't do things like that anymore, and, and we probably shouldn't. Um, but anyways, but Kristen's like, yeah, we should get Jackson a bike helmet. And I'm like, we're not getting a bike helmet. I didn't grow up wearing a bike helmet. And she was like, exactly. So, okay. So uh, we got Jackson a bike helmet. And sometimes your, your perspective changes a little bit. I may have hit my head a few too many times, but let me let me tell you about being a follower of Jesus. Um, not not just an attender, but a follower of Jesus. As you and I follow Jesus, um, he he will continually keep changing us for the rest of our lives. And actually, we're going to talk about that on the last week of our series. We're going to go deeper into that because one of our values is that growing people change. But as you follow Jesus, as you grow closer to him, he'll continually change us. He'll continually challenge us. And, and I'll, even, um, I'll even dare to say, if you're not changing, you may not be following. Uh, you, you can't follow Jesus and stay the same. He will change your life. And, 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 and if we're going to buy into this concept that saved people serve people, then we have to see as Jesus sees. So this is where we continue with our story. Verse 30. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead and fully naked. And so would you say, would you admit that this guy's having a bad day? Right? He's having a bad day. Like how do we help someone in this situation? Like, let's keep reading. Verse 31, 
a priest happened to be going down the same road. And so here, here's a priest back in this day. He had the first part of the whole Bible memorized. And, and, um, well, and priests like, had this status to uphold. Back in this day, priests were like rock, rock stars. I mean, like everyone wanted to be the priest, wanted to be around the priest. And, and, um, and so they were, they were too concerned with what was going on on the outside, making sure they looked good and holy. But God wasn't working on the inside. And so, um, the sad thing, a lot of us do the same thing. But let's keep reading. And he says, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. It says that he saw the man, but he chose to cross to the other side. He, he saw an opportunity, and he walked right by it. Why? Because he, he knew the word, but he didn't apply the word. See, the next person involved in the story is what is called as a Levite. And they were people who were involved in a lot of church activities, like people who attend everywhere but belong to nowhere. Um, Verse 32, so too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. See, in this story, the, the people who were the most qualified to help him, the priest, the Levite, they chose to walk on by. They chose to continue walking, to keep going. Maybe they thought, well, I'm going, I'm going to go to the church and I'm going to bring back someone to help. But here's the deal. If you're a follower of Jesus, we are the church. We are, it's not, the church isn't a building. It's God's people. That's the church. And so, um, so God makes the most unlikely person into the hero of the story. Um, verse 32, but a Samaritan, see, Jews and Samaritans, they hated each other. Samaritans were like a lower class of people. Um, says this, as he traveled, came to where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. In other words, that he, he was filled with compassion for the man. He was the only guy who saw what Jesus saw. And if we want to embrace the fact that saved people serve people, We have to stop looking through the eyes of not what can you do for me? How can you help me? What can you do for me? How can you, how can I cheat off of your homework? I don't, none of you guys cheat, right? Um, But, but not, not that. What can I do for them? And I'm not saying like letting them cheat off of your homework either, because that's not good. But saved people serve people. And you might push back a little bit tonight and you may say, well, well, look at me like I'm so insignificant. I'm not anybody important. I'm not a big deal. Like, how can I serve anyone? No one cares about me. I'm not I don't make an impact in anybody's life or anybody's in my school. Like, I'm so insignificant. I can't do anything. If that's you, then you are primed for God to use you in an unbelievable, unbelievable way. Because when we look at the people that Jesus chose to surround himself with, it wasn't the priests. It wasn't the holy people. It wasn't the, the highly important people. It was common, average, ordinary, poor, robbers. It was, it was everyday people, tax collectors. There was these people that Jesus... These were the people that Jesus used to turn the world upside down. 
So if you're sitting here tonight and say, I'm nobody important, I'm not special, I'm not a big deal, like there's other people who are really influential, that are really important, that are really cool, I'm not cool. You're perfect for God to use. Because that's the people that God uses to turn the world upside down. See, we got to see as Jesus sees. And the second thing I want you to know tonight is we have to respond as Jesus leads. we got to respond as Jesus leads. And here's the deal. We don't want just an audience here. We want an army. We want an army. We don't need spectators. We need participators. We need people who are, who are involved, who are reaching out, who are serving. The most annoying people are the ones sitting in the stands eating a hot dog and screaming at the athletes about what they think that they should be doing and how they should be playing the game. And we've got some great athletes, but we've also got some great spectators. See, I I have never seen, in a football game, I have never seen an athlete out on the field be like, hold on, coach, there's this guy chewing on a hot dog up here who says we should run this play. We should listen to that guy. I have never seen that happen. That has never worked. Like, and like he, he's that guy in the stands chewing on the hot dog. He's, he knows what he's talking about. He's played Madden for years. We should be running a cover three is what he says and blitzing the linebackers. He knows. Moving on. Uh, verse 34. It says that he went to him. See, when you see as Jesus sees and you respond as Jesus leads, you see that the Samaritan went to him. If we want to be like Jesus, we've got to go towards the mess, not run away from the mess. We've got to go towards it. And he says this, and he bandages his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. This guy, the good Samaritan, was involved in three different ways in this guy's life. Let me say this. If you're saved, you're called to be involved in your local church. If you know Jesus, if you've accepted him, you're called to be involved. See, the first one is this, spiritual involvement. See, the Samaritan used two things to help this guy. He used oil and wine. And oil is is symbolic in the Bible of the Holy Spirit, and wine was used to symbolize the blood of Christ. And you may ask in this room, like, how can I be involved spiritually? I'm not a deeply spiritual person. That simple. Pray for your church. Pray for the people around you. Uh, pray for the people that you know. Um, pray, pray for Emerge. Um, pray, pray big prayers that we will reach the lost here at our church. Let me tell you how you can pray for this church. Pray, pray that um, this will be a place that we draw in lost people and they get found. They get saved. They, they find Jesus Pray that miracles will take place, just like what we did a while ago. Pray that sick people will be healed. Um, Pray that the the people of this church, not only it happens here, but they leave from this place and and transform their schools. They transform their workplaces. And you may, may think it's crazy, but maybe we're just crazy enough to believe 
that the same God that can do all of this stuff in here can do this in your home, can do this in your school, can do this in your life. He can heal, he can touch, and he still does that. And, and that, he's, he's the same God. And that's what I'm praying for. Now would be a good time to say amen. Okay, I'll take it. But I'll, I'll, I'll say this unashamedly as well. You can pray for me. As I, hopefully, as I'm doing my best to ask God where we should take the direction of Emerge Youth Church, I need to be led by God. I need Him to speak to my heart. I need Him to, be, to speak to my life. Uh, there's this little old lady here in the church who tells me often, like, I, I can't. She's got this little shaky voice. I can't do very much, but I can pray. And I pray for you and your kids and your family by name. And I'm like, that's amazing. That's awesome. And that really just touches my heart. That means that that means the world to me. Pray, pray for me. Pray for our, our other pastors here on staff. Pastor Dennis, Pastor John, Pastor Nick. Um, pray for the pastor's wives. Pray for the pastor's... Uh, do you know the pastor's wife is the most underappreciated person in the church? They have to put up with the pastors. So um, pray for the pastor's kids. Grace and Theo and, and, and Lily and... Jackson and Evie and Jet and and Violet and Ellis and Tanner and even even um, Pastor John's kids need a lot of prayer. Um, Damon, he that kid. Um, but maybe you, maybe you're asking, well, how can I pray for them? Well, I, I don't know for sure, but you could ask them. Man, I, I guarantee you, a teenager goes up to Pastor Dennis or Pastor Nick or Pastor John and says. How can I be praying for you? They would be like, what would you just say? Like that would mean the world. Pray for our kids ministry. Like I, I want to see our kids ministry succeed. I want to see so many kids in our kids ministry because guess where they come to next after they grow up? They come in here. And I love it when, the, when those kids come in here. But, but pray, pray. Uh, Pray for, pray for, I, I, and I know I've talked about this um, before, but I've accidentally looked at um, Denise's journal when it was here one time, and I saw my name and my wife's name and our pastor's names and my kids' names on a list of people that she's praying for. And I know she, she don't want to be celebrated or praised for that, but man, that means the world to me. Second thing is this, your physical involvement. See, the, the Samaritan walks up to the guy who's been beaten and bloody and left to die, and he put him on his donkey. Now, I, I, don't, I don't know if you guys have ever had to pick up a person from the ground who is dead weight. I don't know if you've ever had to do that or not. Um, you go to pick them up, and they don't move. But on top of all that, um, they got no clothes on, and so that's really awkward. Um, but you like you got to get your hands under them and you got to scoop them up and you got to pick them up and physically carry them to the donkey. But here's the deal. You're going to have to get your hands dirty. You're going to have to get your hands dirty. Like he, this guy broke a sweat and it was tough and God has called every single one of us to get our hands dirty for the kingdom. You're not called to just attend church but to be involved physically in the church. So I love our leaders here at Emerge, don't you guys? 
If you see one of our, if you're sitting next to one of our leaders, one of our volunteers, reach over and pat them on the back. Tell them you love them. Tell them you appreciate them. Oh yeah, they need love. But here's here's what I love. I can say this about every one of our volunteers, about every one of our leaders. I can say this. That Emerge Youth Church, listen, listen, you need to know this because this is a big deal to me. For every one of our volunteers, Emerge isn't the only place that they serve around this church. They serve in so many other areas. They, they touch so many other people's lives. They're involved in so many different ways, and that's a big deal. That's impressive. I praise God for people like that. Get, in, get involved. Serve with a great attitude, with an open heart, and God will bless you for that. The last thing is this. The third thing um, is your financial involvement. Now, I know for all of you guys, every single one of you guys, like that's a tough one to throw out there. Uh, I'm telling you this one because I think it's important to learn at a young age. So I want to encourage you to really take notes here, to really grasp hold, to really lean into what I'm saying here tonight. See, the Samaritan, he gave two coins. Where did he give the two coins? To the house. He didn't go down the road and give it to another place because that place was pretty good too. He gave it to the place where he served, where he was involved, where he, he, he helped. And, and if you're involved in the local church, that you are called to give to the house of God. See, it's, it's called your tithe. And your tithe is basically 10% of what you earn. And you may be saying, well, I don't even have a job. And, and someday you're going to need to learn this. And you're going to need to know this. And, and I get it. 10% of nothing is nothing. Right? You're like, I don't, I don't make any money. Um, it's not. And, and here's the deal. Here's what you got to know tonight too. It's not the fact that the church needs your money. It's, it's, that's not it. It's that you need to be obedient to the commands of God. That's just 10%. If you earn, if you earn $10, 10% is how much of that? One whole dollar. It's just 10%. It's easy. Let's say today after church, tonight after church, we go to Outback Steakhouse. Anybody like Outback? Real? And, and you're gonna get, we're going to get the cheese fries. You guys, the cheese fries and, and oh, the Bloomin' Onion? Right? We're going to get the blooming onion and like we're not playing around tonight. Then we're, here's what we're going to do too. We're going to get a salad and a Diet Coke because that will cancel out the other calories, the other fat. Um, and then we're going to get, we're going to get the filet. Oh, and guys, we're going to get it cooked medium because if you get it cooked well done, you might as well be chewing on your shoe. Then we're going to eat some of that bread. You guys know the bread. We're going to get some of that bread and, and, and we're, then we're going to finish it off. Oh, you guys, somebody say amen. We're going to finish it off with a chocolate thunder from down under. Come on. And after that, after that, listen, shh, after that, how crazy would it be to get up to shake the manager's hand and walk out and not pay? And then they're asked, oh, hang on, where are you going? You just ate tons of food. And you're like, I- I'm sorry, I'm going to go pay at Cracker Barrel. And they look like, 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 you, like you just ate here. And you're like, you respond with, oh, this place looks great. You just remodeled. It looks awesome. The food was great. The service was good. It looks like that they need my money more over there. 
Did you know where the, the manager of the Outback would say? He'd say he would say, well, where did you eat? Remember that. Remember that when we currently have, we have a, a, currently have a generation that says, well, I go to this church on Sundays, and I go to this church on Wednesdays, and I go to this life group over here, and then I go to this place over here, and then I attend this church after I attend this church. When it comes to give your tithe, when it comes to give your offerings, when it comes to give, where do you give to? What church do you give to? Pick a church and commit to it. You're called to be involved in church, spiritually, physically, financially. Verse 36, it says, when you, uh, Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? 37, the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus tell, told him, go and do likewise. You, you want to know, like, maybe you don't want to know, but I'm going to tell you anyways. Here's how I got started in ministry. I didn't show up and say, hey, Doug, he, my youth pastor's name was Doug. Hey, Doug, can I just, can I just show up and just preach? Can I do that? I, I, I can sing. Oh, buddy, I can sing. Like, give me the mic. No. I, I, here, here's, here's how I got started. I, I showed up and served. I served. I, I did any and everything that Doug asked me to do, that the pastor asked me to do, that the leadership asked me to do. I cleaned toilets. I stacked chairs. Uh, Kristen and I served in the nursery. Like, I'm not even like a baby person. Um, but we, we helped in kids' church. I swept. I mopped. I helped my pastors with anything and everything. I, I mowed the yard. And I didn't run when I, I, I cleaned up puke. I, I, I ran media. I was a sound man. I cleaned up after teenagers. I showed up early and I stayed late. And eventually that led and that gave opportunities for me to... I started teaching a junior high Sunday school class. Oh, I, I was so scared. Junior high kids are scary. And then, then it went from that to leading the, the junior high um, life group. And then I was asked to preach a couple of times when our youth pastor was out. And, and then it, eventually, through all that, through all this serving, being involved, somehow, someway, God blessed us. And, and I turned into being a full-time youth pastor. And here's the deal. God has blessed me and God continually blesses me because I served. I didn't just show up and expect the stage. It's funny how everyone wants the stage. Everyone wants, I, I, I can sing. Or I just, I want to be up and I want to do that. And I, I want to do all the, I want to be up in front of everyone. They want to be seen and, and like it's some kind of a high respectful place. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 23, 11. I forgot to put this in the notes, but he says this. Greatest is the one who serves. The greatest ones are going to be the ones who just serve, who just help out, who are just there to serve. See, when we serve people like Jesus served people, it's a game changer. We will become servants, the servants that Jesus has called us to be. And it can change the world. Save people, serve people. And I want you to know this tonight. If you're too big to serve, then you're too small to lead. If you're too big to serve, then you're too small to lead. See, in the back, um, well, tonight, I, I just want to give you opportunities. Uh, we're, here's what we're going to do here in a moment. Um, we're going to get, we got Easter coming up and, and 
Pastor Nick is working on some things and, and our staff is working on some things because Easter is a big deal. It's when a lot of people who generally don't go to church will happen to show up to church on Easter. And we want to make it not, not just Easter, but from Easter on, we want to make it a great experience for people when they show up to our church to be like, I like that place. I want to go back to that place. That place was awesome. Um, we're going to be creating opportunities, more and more opportunities for people to serve, for people to get involved. And, and, and I want to challenge you guys as students, as people who attend this church to get involved, to serve somewhere. I know a lot of you guys serve in kids church on Sundays. That's awesome. I love that. Continue to do that. Continue to help out Pastor John. Continue to be involved. Man, what an opportunity you guys have to, to serve the kids who are eventually going to be in this room with us. Build a friendship. Build a connection. That way when they move up to this room, they're not strangers in a strange land. They already know some people. They have some familiar faces. Serve. Serve in the coffee shop. We've already got some students who serve there. And I love to walk in on Sunday mornings and see Tirza and Sarah cooking up, cooking up coffees in the coffee shop. Like, and, and brewing things and making stuff. And, and, and do, I love that, though. Because here's the deal. They're here. They're like one of the first ten people in the doors of this church. That's awesome. We're going to have opportunities where you guys can serve at the doors when people are, when greeting people and just, I don't know, high five and handshake and passing out the, the little bulletin things. Welcoming people in the parking lot. All kinds of different areas we're going to have for you to serve. Um, But not only can you serve here at the church, but I want to encourage you guys to serve in your homes. To serve in your home. Man, what an... I can guarantee you this. If you go home tonight and you just start doing the dishes, if you, you make your bed in the morning, your parents might just wet themselves. Without being asked to do it. If you just start doing the laundry, they'll be like, who is this child? How did you get into my house? Like seriously, your parents will love you forever. If you just, without being asked to, you guys, pick up after yourselves. What? That would blow their mind. Clean the toilets in your home. Oh, Johnny. I'm just kidding. Uh, But like help. Here's the deal. Like serve. Serve in your home. Take out the trash. Wash your dad's car. Wash your mom's car. Vacuum the house. Serve in your home. You can also serve at school. And there's, there there were, I I don't want to, talk too much because we're going to take an opportunity where we're going to talk together. But um, could we have our band come back up? And, and we're going to close out. But I want us to... I want us to close... Last week we talked about how we're a family made of friends. Tonight we talked about how saved people serve people. Next Wednesday, you don't want to miss next Wednesday because we're going to talk about our next core value is that found people find people. If you're found in Christ, it's in our responsibility to find others. So don't miss next Wednesday. Um, But I'm going to pray real quick. And I want everyone to close your eyes and bow your heads for just a moment.